Today's guest is Katie Gall. She has dedicated herself to helping women creatives and business owners of the world reclaim their time, energy, power, and confidence to boldly go after their goals and live unapologetic lives. She don't just talk the talk, she walks the walk. Her credentials are kick-ass and lend themselves to a holistic approach. She became a certified health coach through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Give a warm welcome to ever-blessed Katie Gall. Hello. Hi, Katie. How are you today? Good. How are you? Oh, um, I am hanging in there gradually, <laughs> gradually. Yeah. It's been an interesting year. Yeah. I was really enjoying your your interview, your Facebook Live with Andre. I mean, you guys yeah. like clicked off so well, and I'm like rewatching it again. I was commenting, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you guys are like <laughs> a, a beautiful mesh of uh, inspirational souls just in the same room." Well, virtually. <laughs> That was a that was a fun conversation. You know, I you know I find myself I like I love doing podcasts (laughs) because I'm I'm very much a people person. I like getting to know other people. I don't have a problem talking about myself. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why that's why I have you as a guest and not the other way around. I would probably you probably hear crickets if I start talking. You know, I I won't I will barely say anything at all because I'm just. uh, I'm like a wallflower. And um, I didn't get to hear you sing, but I know that that's one of the things that you you mastered in. I was kind of hinting at with the another podcast guest that I, I was a first and second soprano. So, mm-hmm. and then I'm, right now I'm a voiceover artist. Um, I wasn't sure. I saw you, that. Yeah. So I don't, I'm just kind of like my face, as long as I can kind of like be here, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> as long as no one has to look at you, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but I just, I, that's the thing for me. I was like, you know what? Uh, I always been wanting to do a voiceovering for many years and people kept saying, gosh, you have such a beautiful, you know, soothing voice. You should just like get into it. And I'm like, you know, throwing them, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, and as you heard on that interview, I, I love, I'm, I'm good with whatever direction we go in. I'm down (laughs) with it being a conversation. It doesn't all have to be about me either. (laughs) So how many other podcasts have you been on so far? Mm. I guess I know that's kind of outside the realm, but I wanted to ask in general. No, no, no. That's fine. I think I've done five-ish other ones. Okay. Yeah. I think I've done five other ones. I just did another one. I did one earlier this week and then I did, um, I've done like a whole bunch since like August. Like I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon and I was like, go, go, go. And I, I had a couple of them like a year or two ago also. Oh, okay. But I wasn't like, I wasn't like fully on the bandwagon then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, but I've done a bunch and I generally know and understand the flow of them and I'm good with whatever you want to throw at me. Okay. Yeah. Mine's pretty much informal, laid back. I try to keep it that way because I get very uneasy when it's like starch collar kind of conversation. Oh, yeah. No, that's this is not me. Yeah. (laughs) So just like two two old friends, like just pretend like I'm Andre and just shooting a breeze. Well, you know, minus, you know, I'm minus the uh, the colorful words. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. 
um, but he's he's a he's a fun character. Yeah, he seems <laughs> like I would love to hang out with him. Like there's he reminds me of a gentleman that I another gentleman, his name is Keith, but very colorful, elaborate personality. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah. yeah. And yeah, he's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know again, I, I apologize. I'm off the subject, but I just wanted to share that with you that I I'm not stalking you or anything. I just like to learn about people. Oh, of um, course. I don't like to yeah. jump jump in. Um, I will say you're one of the only people that asked for like, what else have you done? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I think you're one of the only people who actually wanted that information. So it was actually kind of nice to know that you were gonna go and like you actually like check out your guests. Yeah, and, like make sure you know and understand them first. To oh, a for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. love my, my nine-year-old jumps in like, what episode are you in now? Who did you record? I'm like, <laughs> I'm on it. Do I know them? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, okay. As long as it's like, if I said Bob Ross, you probably would freak out, but I'm like, no, Bob Ross is no longer blessing. Oh, yeah. I love that your nine-year-old knows Bob Ross. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did you know that? Like, come on now. <laughs> That's so funny. I oh. used to watch him when I was like eight. And like homesick from school, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that was the only thing that was on because we didn't have many channels. And so yeah, you would turn like there was like three channels yeah. <laughs> in England. In England, it was like that. It was the, the boob tube. The telly mm-hmm. was like three or four channels. Just mm-hmm. turn it, turn it up. I don't know how old you are, but I'm in my 40s. So there you go. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm 30. I'm almost 35. So we're not too far away from each other. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's sit on the subject of who is Katie Gall. I mean, I am just here. You're talking about you're flabbergasted about my my background, but just the thought of like going through your, I'm just admiring your background that you have. You are a holistic coach. I guess that's what you you and Andre has uh-huh. spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also you are a voice teacher as well which is like I one of the things I wanted to talk about but um, yeah we can talk about that and a performer like you just mentioned as well so and you currently mm-hmm. reside in New York I no, I actually live in New Hampshire now New Hampshire. Um, yeah we moved here five years ago I believe um we uh my husband used to be uh, a performer as well you know, New York is a really, it can be a really awesome place to live, but at a certain point, especially when you know that you want kids and you start realizing like, oh, with kids in my head, there was also a house and there was also a picket fence and there were also dogs. And suddenly I don't think we're in New York City anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and as a voice teacher and performer, you know, it's something that when you're young, you flock to the cities, but for the most part, you can do it from a lot of different places. And so I'm in a part of New Hampshire that's really art centered. There's a lot of performance opportunities, especially now that we're, I mean, COVID's not done obviously, but we're getting vaccinated. And so theaters are able to open up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been good for us. It's been Mm -hmm. good. And it gets to be a little slower that way which is oh for sure for sure I mean that's um that's a big leap I mean you officially know that you are an adult 
and you're you are on a different side of the of the spectrum where you were just like partying, kicking in New York style, and now you went from that to parenting, and it's like you yeah. have two you have two beautiful worlds, but they're completely like separate. In, in different yeah. galaxies, different dimensions. So it's like, <laughs> like yeah. this, I, I felt like I've gone through like three lifetimes so far because of all the different transitions I've gone through. You know, I know you probably felt that way as well in, yes. in your careers and life choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it is, it is weird to look back and, and be like, I used to like, live and party in an apartment in New York and like I've been to like like rooftop clubs in like short dresses and stuff and I have zero interest in doing I like I like think about putting on heels and I'm like oh it uh, just makes me tired exactly <laughs> So I don't even try. I was like, I have, I tried it once. I was like, I don't know how these people do it for hours and then dance on heels. Cause I used to do like different types of Latin dances and they, yeah, they have you have wear um, high heels doing the twists and twirls and oh, yeah. I'm like, well, Lord. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's the same for, it's the same for musical theater, which is a lot of what I do right now. Um, you're in character shoes, which are heeled shoes most of the time. Um, for mm, at least four hours mm. at a time, you know, and like frequently that does include dancing and, and, you know, it's possible that you're in something different, but I, I still, the thing is like, I do still have to do it for my job. So why would I do it outside of my job? <laughs> my feet need a break. I'm in Birkenstocks. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, There's- um, yeah, so so New York was a good time. New York was a good time, but it was it was time to leave when we did, definitely. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I'm glad you were able to make that the opportunity because um, some people are still stuck in that, and I, that's perfectly fine. Everybody has their moment where they, you know, they're still in that mode. But um, yeah, it's it's kudos for them if they could if they could party hard till they're forty. Yeah, you know, more power to them, but I'll enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) But honestly, honestly, like what the what started changing was that like I was doing the partying and I was doing the dieting and I was doing the drinking and it ended up in a health scare that Mm -hmm. like sort of precipitated everything afterwards. Like it's the, that, that health scare led me to a health coach and I ended up going to the same school that she went to. And then I went down the coaching route and now I got life coaching certifications. And so it kind of allowed it, you know, it's weird that like, if, if I hadn't gone to New York and done all of that living, I wouldn't be here. Like I wouldn't, have what I have now because it's also it's like the reason I met my husband who also we're we are both from New Hampshire originally which is why we decided to come back here because we wanted Mm -hmm. family um um and so like you know I would never have met my New Hampshire husband in New York City being two New Hampshire people and we never would have had kids like they're none of that ever would happen yeah it's predestined I mean yeah even though and I think I've mentioned it with a a couple other times that I was in another podcast with another guest 
Like mm-hmm. no matter how many times we try to force um, the situation of not going in that direction because we feel uneasy about it, mm-hmm. it's still, even though it may be two months down the road or two years or two two decades down the road, you're rerouted to the same position. Mm-hmm. You're predestined to have that happen. Yeah. And yeah. You, you always find a way to try to get around it. Like, oh, cut corners. Oh, you know what? Let me go this way. No, it's, this was meant to happen. This was yeah, meant you're to meant, happen. Yeah, you're meant for something else. And, you know, I, I think I think there's part of me that sort of knew that. Because, um, you know, when I went to New York, it was to become a singer. It was to be on Broadway. It was to, you know, make it big and become famous. And there's still certainly a big piece of me that obviously loves some attention because otherwise why would I go on a podcast right (laughs) um but there was also always that part of me while I was there that was like this is not something's not right something isn't like this I don't think this is where I'm gonna stay and it's really hard to be on Broadway if you don't stay in New York City (laughs) for sure for sure yeah so so yeah no I think I think it's really, it's really been a blessing that I was able to open my eyes and figure out what direction I needed to go. Yeah. So, cause I mean, this kind of falls into like, is this one considered one of the most courageous things you've ever accomplished or have done in your life? Mm. Um, I think, yeah, sort of having, well, I have two things there, actually. So yeah, definitely recognizing that my literal life's dream of being a Broadway performer was actually not going to bring me the happiness that I wanted it to. Like the thing that I had been dreaming of doing since I was four, I had to figure out at like 23 that like, oh, I've been wrong for 20 years. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I would also honestly... One of the things that I look back and and see is like, that was actually very courageous that I was forced to go through was um, my first son was born two months premature. Mm. Um, And so we ended up in the NICU for over a month. And like, life stopped. And because the NICU that we were at was also a little over an hour away from where we lived. So it's not like I could just pop over to the hospital. We like literally moved an hour away for a little over a month and I lived in a hospital with him. Um, So that, that was probably the actual most courageous thing. I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. courageous if you're, if you have to though, because it was my son, you know, (laughs) but that's what actually feels like the most courageous thing. Yeah. I mean, cause you, how do you say it? I mean, you're being a mother, you know, I completely understand because mm-hmm. if you think about it, it is pretty courageous to create life. Um, yeah. Just to take that step, like the, the uncertainty of your growing child, your health, I mean, your situation, your finances, that's just a whole, that's a huge leap mm-hmm. and people are able to, if you're able to do it you know sometimes there's there's no manual out there to to it's just like hey you know what step one you know get your get your finances in order step two or whatever the case yeah that never yeah. comes down to that so yeah that's for sure that's definitely uh a very courageous thing and um 
Yeah, yeah. and I was, I was going to ask, because you did mention that you in your son is doing well, right? He's, would you yes, say he was... He's a, He's doing really well. Um, he's, you know, developmentally, he's all, we're all good at this point. And I've actually, I've had a second son since then who is a tornado in a tiny body. <laughs> I have one of those. Yes. Yes. Is, Thankfully, it's just mean, one. <laughs> yeah. He's hilarious. It's, it's really funny a lot of the time, like today, like in a, in a way that's also like, oh my God, today he started just taking out Tupperwares, clean Tupperwares, and he just started licking each one. And like, he got through like three of them before I realized what was happening. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Kids are, kids love to explore with their mouths and it doesn't, there's there's no limit to what goes in there. That's for sure. No. And it's, and it's amazing to me because my, my first kiddo was not like that. Like we didn't, we didn't have to baby proof for him or anything. Like I didn't. And there was a little while there where I was kind of like, huh, this is really interesting. Cause I, I knew other people who were having children around the same time and they would, they would talk about like, oh my God, so much energy. Oh my God, I'm so tired. And I just had this like chilled out kid. And I, and in my head, I was like, am I just like a really good parent? Or is this the child? And then I had the second one and I was like, nope, not that good a parent. He's just the child. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. I cannot take credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Let me scratch my let me scratch my name off that plaque because I'm not gonna get the mom <laughs> right. the the best mom award for the year. The best mom award. Right. And it, but it was just it was just really funny. I just like thinking back on it, at looking at other parents who are just like so tired. <laughs> And I'm just like over there, like we're good. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. Oh my god, now I have the second one. Okay, <laughs> I understand now. <laughs> I am happy that uh, you have beautiful boys and beautiful family, and that picket fence hopefully is is being built as we speak. <laughs> we actually, ironically, we do have a picket fence, but you that wasn't do. really a requirement. <laughs> I know that's just the that's the default. Yeah, everybody's like the yeah. The picket fence, that's for sure. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that we were talking just briefly. I will jump into another uh to get a little bit more about you. But sure. I just wanted to while we're on the kids subject, you know, what is the single most important talent you would like your children to have? Yeah. I don't I don't know if this well, I would count this. I want them to be empathetic. in my coaching, I work with a lot of women who grew up like me where like you know we had feminism yay that's awesome but we didn't necessarily have men who were going along with the feminism it's not like like they it's not like they weren't supportive but they didn't necessarily know um that they needed to be part of the solution you know and so I'm I'm really working on teaching them how to pay attention to each other, how to read each other, how to read what other people need, how to sort of anticipate, how to be a a good partner in any relationship. And I think that so much of that comes down to at least sympathy, if not empathy, Mm -hmm. right? Knowing, remembering what it feels like when you go through a similar thing so that you can try to alleviate pain or solve a problem or anticipate a potential problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
yeah. so I, and I, I, you know, I, I, when you, when you say talent, like my mind, obviously being in the arts goes to like singing, dancing, acting, and like all of that, that would all be cool. That would all be mm-hmm. cool. But I think really what I want them to be able to be is, is for them to have good relationships growing mm-hmm. up and to be able to empathize with everyone. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I know yeah. that um, we were kind of, we're now we're flowing into the path in regards to, I think this is, this is the path that we're going into, um, you know, the feminine path of success versus masculine path of success. Yeah. Um, Ultimately what that comes down to is sort of the nine to five um, patriarchal, like you go to work, you come home, you do nothing else model, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was modeled to me sort of growing up, and not not just by my family of origin, but like what you saw on TV, what you saw in the media, like what I saw in other households, was some version of dad goes to work and comes home and dinner is ready and he gets to sit down and watch the news and maybe converse with the kids. And then he goes to bed and you wake up and do the same thing next day. Right. And mom also goes to work. Mm -hmm. Mom comes home, makes the dinner. Somehow there's clean clothes in the dresser. Somehow the house is not a wreck. Somehow, (laughs) you know, somehow she gets her extra work done at home. Right. Somehow I have lunch made and in my backpack for tomorrow. Some somehow someone sits down with me and does homework, right? So all of these all of these extra things happen that as I got older and especially once I had children, it became really obvious to me that like, oh, there is this way that men are used to being able to do things that just does not work for women. Because Traditionally, it was man goes out and makes the money and woman stays home and takes care of the kids in the house. And that is actually another full time job. Mm -hmm. And so with giving women equal rights, this is all well and good. We love equal rights, not bashing that at all. But we never actually taught men how to sort of anticipate a lot of those household things. Mm -hmm. And so the sort of nine to five patriarchal model versus the feminine way of doing things, the feminine way of doing things tends to have to include a lot more of like gig type work, a lot more of that work that is not nine to five based because you have to take care of the children. And like, you know, talking about your multiple jobs, you're a great example of this, Mm -hmm. right? Where you kind of have to, you have to make the money, But you also have to build this in a way that works around having the children and cleaning the house and making sure the laundry's done and making sure that Johnny gets to karate on time and like (laughs) all of the parental forms are signed. You know, there's like, there's just a lot of pieces that don't fit into Mm -hmm. that traditional nine to five a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And even even if you do work in a nine to five, having that empathy for someone who's having a hard time in that position, if you're at a higher, if you're management CEO and like, so you can bring this, this feminine idea into the nine to five of just being more understanding about the fact that people need wiggle room sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. And um, I mean, that falls right into like you identifying just at me as an example. Um, would I fall into that superwoman syndrome or is that something completely different? <laughs> I mean, I would say if you have four jobs and three children as a single mom, that you're a superwoman, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the idea, that being said, part of, part of the identity of being a superwoman is sort of an inherent limiting belief or fear that if you are not the one to do everything, then it won't get done. Hmm. And, and so there, there is, there is potentially a reality of that in certain, certain situations like being a single mom. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will say a lot of single moms easily yes fall into that category right yes we um, do. There, yeah, yeah yeah but there's also you know um you can also think of it as the um uh high-powered ceo who has control issues but also has plenty of money so she has a nanny and she has a housekeeper but she goes in and micromanages those people mm, okay. you know so it can it can also be people who have tons of support who just have to have their hands in everything Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, what that ends up meaning is that you burn yourself out because you're not asking for help. You're not learning how yes. to delegate. You're not learning how to create boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the other things, like how does a woman avoid the burnout and how, you know, and if that woman is a business owner, you know, that kind of falls into that, that hand yeah. in hand. So, yeah. 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 Um, you have to really actively build your support system. And so there might be, here's the thing, there's different, to me, there's a difference between having times of burnout, having moments of burnout. If you are in the first year of getting your business up and going, there, there's a lot of work that, especially, especially if you're kind of jumping in with two feet and you have to make it work, you know, there's a lot of work to be done in that case. And you might have moments of burnout, but you also have to balance that out with moments of rest. Mm -hmm. You're, you're not the only woman in that situation. You know, mm -hmm. to me, our country as a whole is so individualistic. It's actually, they, the um, sociologists have actually like measured this. I can't tell you how, I don't remember, but they've measured somehow like countries in order from, I think it's most individualistic to like most authoritarian. Mm. Um, so least group mind think to most group mind think. And America and Mexico, I think, <laughs> are like the top where mm -hmm. we are the most individualistic countries. And what that means, there's a lot of really cool things that come out of that because it means that um, you're very much allowed to think for yourself. You're allowed to have your own opinions. You're allowed to think outside the box in really creative and intuitive ways. But it also means that you have to do it all yourself. Mm -hmm. that there is, there is such an honoring of the person who pulls themselves up by their bootstraps, which by the way, that phrase is meant to describe an impossible task originally. Like, it's not meant to be something that's lauded. It's something that, like, you can't actually do. And in America, we've turned that into praise. You know? Yeah. yeah. 
And not only praise, but like something that is expected. It's straight up an expectation now that everyone can do an impossible task. And that's just not true, especially when we don't put social structures in place to make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is so much. The world itself is uh, a big dumpster fire when it comes to a lot of the things that we're going through. It's just like, okay, let me just add a couple more. Who's got the s'mores? You know, it's just yeah, right. One of those things. Pull up a chair and grab a chocolate bar, right? Graham crackers. (laughs) Or like in Texas, hold my beer. Watch this. Uh, Oh yeah. Uh God bless Texas. Right. God bless. Yes. (laughs) Go big or go home. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, in, in this whole dumpster of our, of I, I'm just going to use that analogy, but it, in essence of this, you know, we have to find a way to balance ourselves, um, balance ourselves in, in our work as, as a parent, as a woman, as a business owner in your mm-hmm. performance art position, how do we provide a healthier, um, you know, in mind and body, you know, how do we get that type of balance or, or solace in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, by being a little bit selfish Mm -hmm. and by that, I don't actually, frankly, like the things that women who are, especially women who are experiencing burnout need to start doing, we're, we're not even talking things that the the random Joe on the street would think of as selfish. We're talking like I had a client at one point who um, she had a very important job. She was, she was like up there in like, not, she wasn't CEO, but she was up there. And she, this was before I became a life coach. She, she was working with me for health coaching. Um, and she would work 12 hour days without mm. stopping to eat because she felt like she couldn't. So during our, our six months of working together, hmm. one of our main goals, and I do mean like this was a struggle. One of our main goals was to get her to take lunch. Hmm. That's it. That's all like, <laughs> and and so many women who are working that hard, like that's what we're talking about. Like take lunch let yourself take a shower every other day, mm-hmm. you know, um, get eight hours of sleep at night. We're like basic, some, some basic things. No, you can't. It, it is also, it's not even much farther than that to say, to go to like, get a manicure every once in a while. If you want, <laughs> if, that, if you're into that, put some makeup on, buy yourself some nice clothes. Like that's like the next step. You know, but it doesn't you it doesn't even have to go to that. It could be like sit down and read a book. If that's like do things that fill up your own cup. But as women, we are socialized from birth. Um, if you you know, if you were born a woman, you've been taught to be this way, you've been taught to be a giver. Men from birth are taught to be leaders. Mm-hmm. Women are taught to be givers. And so what that means is that there's a really deep inherent like societal belief that that's what we are supposed to do. And so taking the time, I remember, you know, when my kids, when my first kiddo, especially was young, it, I had a hard time getting myself to take a shower because I needed to be there for him. 
I could take a shower though. Like, I mean, what? <laughs> Why is that so hard? Anytime he cried, I had to be up and with him. Anytime, you know, my entire world, and when they're really little, your entire world does revolve around them. But even as he got older, there was like a, there was a moment where I realized like, oh, maybe this is the most courageous thing I've ever done. The brave thing and the right thing that I have to do for both him and me is go take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And like, let him cry with the nanny for a minute or let him cry with his dad, even though he wants me, you know, go take a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though. It's hard as a woman. Yeah. And especially, I mean, and you know, so many women come from so many different situations where like, yeah, showering can actually be a challenge. Sometimes getting lunch can actually be a challenge sometimes. So how can we make it happen for you? Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I left the um, the white collar industry uh, workforce, mm-hmm. because as an accountant, I was an accountant for 15 years and I would sit at my desk for eight, 12 hours, didn't have a bathroom break, didn't eat. Wow. Yeah, I was like hardcore when it yeah. came to that. And it was like, all because if I left for just one millisecond, um, that CEO or the COO or some vice president would come up to my desk, you know, yelling my name, hunting me down for that financial statement that they needed all of a sudden, what just five minutes ago, and I wasn't there for their to their aid, you know, to their beckoning call, and yeah. I was conditioned that way. I was conditioned like if uh, if I'm not at my desk, I'm not good enough, or I'm not being. Um, you know, part of the team or, you know, were, were you working somewhere where that was true also, or was that the fear that you had? That was how I, it was ingrained in me and being in Mm. that type of it, um, being in that particular type of department, it becomes like embedded in that type of environment that uh, as an accountant, um, yeah, everybody depended on you, so you could not um, leave because <laughs> yeah. something would be so crucial. Because you're talking about somebody's money, you're talking about someone's finances. Uh, some, you know, maybe something was a, not accrued appropriately, and you're working with multiple clients at the same time. So yeah. you're you're balancing multiple books, and if you leave for just one millisecond, you'll have that crucial detrimental call. That someone's life in their world is just shattering, you know, and it could be just something where someone forgot a penny in something, but that's how it was created that way. So, yeah. And And a lot, a lot of, a lot of office jobs, like that's, that is the culture Mm -hmm. that has been built. Right. Um, If you actually step back for a second and like look at the situation macro level taking 15 minutes to eat a sandwich unless you are literally on the floor of the stock market maybe is really not going to tank anybody's business <laughs> and if it does if it does you need to hire more people so that people can take 15 minutes to eat a sandwich right <laughs> yeah um, there's some cases yeah. where there there was um, a team of people, and then everybody just started dwindling, and 
um, the trust, the trustworthiness in the department started to fizz out, and I seemed to kind of rose to the top in the foam of mm. this of this beverage, this cesspool of of this department, and I became uh, more like the go-to girl. Like she knows, I'm. I was Mike. You know, Mike yeah. will do anything. Mike will eat anything. I was the Mike of the department because yeah. um, I was there at the beckoning call and and she did everything and she can do everything. And, you know, I was, you know, it just felt like I was like, I could take out trash, you know, but even though that was like, <laughs> you know, I could buy floors, you know, cause you know, she'll do anything. That's exactly yeah. what kind of a, you know, and there was understaffing sometimes, or they was asking if someone was going to work on the holidays. And because I was, didn't have, I don't have a family. I, I, at the time I was, I'm the only child. So or, or whichever the case may be, I was the the go-to girl on everything, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I got the sniffles, take my shift, you know. That was me. I was gullible girl. So well, and I think, <laughs> you know, you know, we've talked a lot about motherhood, but I know that um something that a lot of my clients, quite a few of my clients have voiced to me who do not have children, when you don't have kids, and I remember feeling this as well, when you don't have kids. You don't have the excuse of having kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like if you it it was really easy in New York to not go home for the holidays because like it's expected for me to I have to work. It's I like I'm one of the ones that doesn't have children to go take care of over the holidays when they're like not in school. So like I'm the one who needs to work in the shoe store or whatever whatever job I was at at the time. Right. Um, and so there is, there is this like other expectation, I think for women who don't have kids, because men, men, their lives, nothing is like, nothing is determined for them by whether they have children or not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For women, it's like, no children are children. We define what you're able to do based on those two things, right? And when you don't have them, there is this, it is so easy to overwork. It's so easy to say yes to everything because it's just the expectation that you're going to step up and take care of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm enjoying this conversation. I mean, we could go on and on. I'm learning so much more and it's just been wonderful speaking with you about your background and how you like to help create um, you know, helping women cre- be creative and business owners in their world, you yeah. know, creating, you know, reclaiming their time, their energy, the power, the confidence, you know, that you just mentioned, you know, try to have that, uh, live that unapologetic lives. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And also like, so with all this being stated about your beautiful background, you have a very flavorful vibrant background in your um your business and Mm -hmm. if anyone else wanted to know anything about your your health coach background or get to know more of you and as well as your services what is the website that they were able to to contact you yeah yeah they can head to www.keepingitrealkatie.com and it is health is definitely a piece of what i do but at this point um I am a personal coach for business owners and creatives. So it's ev- it's very much the life coaching realm. I just also have the perk of being a, a health coach as well. 
Um, so it can be anything, anything within that. And I don't know if you have a men's audience as well, um, but I do work with men one-on-one. I just tend to market towards women. So <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So all yeah. those guys who are listening into there, you know, her door is open for you mm-hmm. as well. So that's beautiful. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. That is awesome. Are you still a voice teacher? I am a voice teacher. Yes. Okay. So I'm also open for that. Um, I will say my specialties are classical and musical theater. Um, I certainly can work outside of those genres, um, but I am very technically based. I'm very much a technique teacher. And so we're going to work a whole lot on vocal health if you're working with me. Okay. Yeah. Health, health and balance are a thing for me. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> yeah. it, it never crossed my mind at all, Katie. I know. I, I, well, I'm not oh, sure where you got that from. <laughs> Yes. So I am a voice teacher. I am also an active performer. So yeah. The reason why is because me personally, I, I've been wanting to, but you do specifically. Yeah. I've been wanting to get back into singing. So I don't know if that's, we can I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably a lost cause. So, you know, I probably saw no, like, like a, no, like a no, seagull, no. seagull uh, getting caught, his toe caught in a, in a rock on the shore. That's probably how I sound. <laughs> squawk, squawk, squawk. <laughs> I, so here's the thing. I honestly don't believe, well, there is a very, there's a very small percentage of people for, for whom they literally are tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's something like, um, Oh, what is the number? Like, 30% of people think that they're tone deaf, but it's actually like 7% of the people that think they're tone deaf who are actually tone deaf. You know, <laughs> so it's like a really small percentage of people, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I am very much of the belief that anybody can learn how to sing. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, we all have the same general anatomy. You can learn how to do it. Now, if you're starting in your 40s versus starting at age 12, you know, there's, you got some catch up to do. <laughs> Oh yeah, right. for sure, for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean that absolutely does not mean that you're gonna be terrible, because um, a lot of that does come down to biology and anatomy and what your instrument just naturally does. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, I was since I was a young girl, I always wanted to be uh, an opera singer. So mm, that's uh, yeah. I can very S- much help you with that. Singing, <laughs> singing an aria and all that. So I'm like, oh my god, yes, yeah. I, I used to do like um, a lot of the songs that I would do had a very operatic um, feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I sang for my mother's wedding. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like a solo quartet kind of a thing. She just kind of threw me out there. She's like, you're done singing in a shower. Damn it. You're going you're to start singing. You're singing in a room. Yeah. So like my whole family never even knew that I sung there. Like their mouths dropped on the, on the grass in front That's of them. That's so funny. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. um, I understand, you know, being young, I played musical instruments. So I get the, I get the, the the understanding of the notes and the tune and all that. Yeah. So, and I don't think I'm tone deaf. I'm actually pretty good. So, anyways, I, here I hear I'm gloating about myself. <laughs> and this is supposed to be about you and a podcast. Hey, no, no, no. You're talking yourself into taking voice lessons with me again. <laughs> so that benefits me. I'm fine with it. Yeah, look at you. Like whatever you say, girl. Yeah, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do it. Yeah. And actually, to that end, I do want to, I should also add, I have another website, 
which is hmm. katiegallvoicestudio.com. Sweet. So, yeah, you can you can find me for coaching or voice through either one. Um, but if you want to know a little bit more about the voice side of me, there's more information there. Okay. Yeah. I'll put that in the show notes for other listeners who are interested in that as well. Yeah. Uh, I've been a group of other voiceover artists who also are singer, uh, you know, yeah. sing, sing as well. So, I mean, there's a variety because you have to do jingles as a voiceover artist. Oh. So you have to, you have to have yeah. some type of tone. I didn't know that jingles were a part of being a voiceover artist. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I assumed that like yes it kind of goes together but i didn't know that if you did voiceover it was also assumed that you would do jingles you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. yeah that's so yeah. interesting so i mean yeah. like like for example like i'm just thinking like the disney cartoons when they have a character with a voice they have to have someone who also can sing that character so i right. mean it's like yeah so we have to yeah. be very multi multiverse ah, in that so yes, no. and that then that will expand my industry <laughs> as a voice yeah. So yeah. I can sing like everyone else and I don't care. So, yeah, I mean, but anyway, well, thank you so much, yeah. Katie. This has been an honor. Um, did you have anything that you'd like to say in closing before we end this or we're good? Um, uh, I have a free quiz on my website. Basically, I'm trying to think of how to say it without swearing because I swear on my website. Um, uh, but it's basically what's stopping you from committing to actually taking the action that you want to take. There you go. A little pop-up. So if you're interested in figuring out what's getting in my way, go take that quiz. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I will be doing it right when I get off. So Awesome. Sounds good. Cool. And yes, again, thank you so much, Katie, for this this opportunity to speak with you on my podcast. Um, Thank you so much. This is lovely. This is wonderful. Wonderful. Well, have a wonderful weekend and um, I hope you enjoy spending time with your family and making memories and uh, I will stay in touch with you. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Take care. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Palooza Zion podcast. If you're wanting to share or follow, I am on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, or website jasminecastillovoice.com. Show your love on any of the podcasts that does reviews, like Apple or Spotify. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for the next episode every Friday.